This is episode 89 with Dana Marlowe. You're listening to American Snippets, the all-American podcast for those looking to dream bigger, live better, and make an impact. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to American Snippets. Thank you so much for listening in to today's show. My name is Dave Brown. I'm here with my co-host, Barbara Allen. And today we have a very special guest, a very cool guest. You're going to really love this story. And Dana Marlowe, she was featured actually on Mike Rowe's Return the Favor. Uh, I'm sure you've heard the name Mike Rowe before. It became a household name uh, from the show Dirty Jobs. But right now he has a show on Facebook called Return the Favor, which is very popular. And Dana was recently featured on that show. And Return the Favor honors remarkable people who are making a difference in their communities very similar to some of the people that we honor here right on American Snippets. Now, bras and tampons, yes, I said bras and tampons, and 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 no, they're not our normal topics. But in this episode, we shine a spotlight on this very basic human necessity and comfort most women take for granted, and most men, including me, try not to think about much, and here I am talking about it. But Dana Marlowe uh, was out on a rare shopping trip when she heard four words that launched her into action. And she had no idea so many women in this country and others are faced with no access to basic products for feminine menstrual hygiene or even something as simple as a bra. And all it took was one look into that world and she knew she had to do her part to help these women alleviate some stress and restore some dignity to their lives in the midst of troubled times. And today, Dana's organization, I Support the Girls, has sent over 2.5 million menstrual products and 500,000 bras to areas decimated by natural disasters, to shelters for homeless women or domestic violence survivors, and where there is a need that is present that she can meet. Listen in as this vibrant, dedicated mother, entrepreneur, and advocate shares this little-known need and offers insight into how you can turn your own inspiration in to action. Now, without further ado, here is a Barbara Allen with Dana Marlowe. You are listening to the American Snippets Podcast. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. I am your co-host, Barb Allen. I am very excited to have today's guest with us. She is highly in demand across the country. Her story just burst upon the scene courtesy of Mike Rowe, but it should have been out eons earlier because it's not just the the story that hit the news, it's the work she does that is so newsworthy, so cool. What a great example she sets for anybody who has ever seen something they thought they should do something about and then just didn't know how to get started. Uh, Dana Marlowe, you are a great example of just locking and loading, seeing something needs to happen, going for it, no matter what, going all in. Thank you so much for carving the time out of your crazy schedule today to be a part of American Snippets. Thank you so much for having me, Barb. I'm really excited to be here on American Snippets with you. Yeah, I Support the Girls is such a, such a, it's one of those things that nobody would have ever really thought about, right? Like, I know once I saw your story, I was like, oh, of course, that makes perfect sense. I can absolutely see the need. But it's something that would never have come to my attention absent of your story. And I tell you now it's on my mind and I think about it so much. And I'm looking forward to ways that we can get involved and help you in your work as as well. Tell us a little bit about I Support the Girls and and what you're doing. Sure. Um, I. I mean, as far as the who we are and what we do, we're a national nonprofit here in the States, and we do have a U.S. and international network of affiliates where we collect and distribute really essential items. So we're talking about bras, new underwear, um, hygiene products of all kinds that allow women and girls who are experiencing homelessness impoverishment or distress to stand taller with dignity. And and that's what yeah. it's about. Dignity. It is. It is about that. And that's something um, that is just 
taken for granted by the rest of us in this in this little way, you know, these things that we just have access to. Right. And, and don't even think about it. So tell us a little bit. I support the girls. You supply largely is what you do, because I know you're branching out and your work is expanding to include advocacy and making change and all that. But your primary, how you started, is you're supplying bras and feminine items to women who need them. That's it. That's it, right? It was a a really innocent moment where I just needed something for myself. Yeah. And right, I had lost all this weight after a year of exercising and eating better and kind of doing what they tell you and it actually happened. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um so in trying to have a better which is an you know, achievement in itself by the way. Congratulations <laughs> on that. Yes. Thanks. It Yes, comma, but I have since gained the weight back in the last three years since it started, which is never like the exciting part of the conversation. But that's also the reality, right? Like, and that's like out there when you're totally when you're in it, you're in it. And um, I had worked really hard. You know, I have these two young kids and a very exciting but also demanding work schedule. And I wasn't taking that time out. For me, just to eat better, I was just grabbing stuff to get in between my conference calls or get my shuffle one kid to a birthday party, another yeah. kid to a soccer game. Just what a lot of people recognize, like nothing novel about that. Right. But I wasn't focusing on on taking that time out for me. And so I started eating better and exercising and lost that weight. And while I needed new clothing, I'm really not into clothing. Like I really not to the to the point where... I, I lovingly call myself regularly a fashion train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I can relate. Yes. <laughs> it, it It's bad. Um, it's, it's particularly bad. Um, friends and friends and family had nominated me for years ago for a TV show called what not to wear. Oh, I remember that show. <laughs> okay. So, so now you're like, Oh my God, she's really that bad. Right. Like, cause like you have, no, to- because they didn't pick you. Right. Or did they? they- they ambushed me on camera. No, they I got, did. <laughs> I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't do it. You're like, oh, my God, she's really that bad. I really am. I am. I am so bad that I just shared a photo recently on my own personal Facebook page um, from this past weekend. And one of my colleagues said, you know, I'm not the most fashion savvy person either, but I don't think your shoes and your kids shoes really work with the background. And I'm not going to go into the fancy background we were at, but he, he was totally right that like I wasn't, and my mom was on my case and I had a couple friends say why. Oh and I'm goodness. like, cause that's what I had packed. Like, and, um, so fashion's not my thing. It's not my forte. And I knew I needed new clothing, yeah. but it wasn't a top priority for me. I had a lot of other things going on. And my husband said to me one morning, Dana, he said, I know you're not going shopping for new clothing and new, you know, professional outfits and, and everyday clothes, but could you please go get some new bras? Yeah. They're not fitting you in any direction that they should be (laughs) helping support you, that you'd want them to provide that kind of support. And so I went out to my local Soma, um, near where I live and it's just like a, a, bra, underwear, lingerie, pajama kind of boutique store and had them size me so that I was, so I knew I'd be wearing the right size because I didn't know my size anymore. Right. And while I was asking, you know, what size should I wear? It dawned on me that what do I do with my old bras? Cause they were all in really good condition. They were, you know, I had changed size so many times with the two kids and the pregnancies and that I knew the bras were in good shape and they were laundered well and and I didn't know what to do with them. And she said that homeless women need bras. And I didn't know that. I, I, I'm somebody who donates our clothing. We donate yeah. our kids' clothing. We donate kids' toys, our books, furniture. We're regularly donating and recycling through stuff to other folks who could use it. Um, but I didn't know about my bra drawer. And right. so... I had just been like in my top drawer opening it and kept shoving more bras to the back of the drawer. Yeah. Not thinking about pulling them out and donating them. Right. Um, so 
shame on me, mea culpa. I, I didn't know. And I learned about this, got home after that trip to Soma and found a homeless shelter in DC near where I live and called them up and said, Hey, I have 16 perfectly good bras. Would you like them? They're all gently used. They're all clean. I'm happy to reclean them all again. And he said, yes, when can you get them here? I thought, wow, okay, I guess other people like me aren't donating bras. And I said, well, look, I don't know what I don't know. And that's true for anything. Mm -hmm. What else do you all need? And he said, well, if you're willing to bring us bras, would you consider we, we desperately need maxi pads and tampons? And I thought, for the first time, what it must be like to be a woman experiencing homelessness and have her period. Yeah. Awful. I mean, atrocious. Yeah. I mean, to be on the streets, to not have a choice, to have to choose between a hot meal and a package of maxi pads. And there's really no choice. Right. So you're right, going right. to go like and and obviously in the majority of U.S. states, there's a tampon. Ta- there's a tax on mm-hmm. um, menstrual hygiene products, which makes it Crazy. That yeah. more cost prohibitive yeah. for somebody who is impoverished or in distress financially or homeless or marginalized to have to afford it that much more. So I thought, you know what, I'm in a state where in a place in my life where I can go out to my local store and pick up some large quantities, like some large boxes of pads and tampons and I'll bring them down. And from there, I, I just posted it innocently on my Facebook page and just said, I didn't know about this. I'm now doing this. Here's an article that I found relating to this particular topic about women needing bras um, who are homeless. Let me know if you have any you want to donate. And it exploded. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's great. And, you know, once again, it's one of those things that people don't tend to think of. Until it's pointed out to you and you're like, right. Wow. You know, and it's not that people don't care. It's just an issue that is not brought to our, you know, there's so many things competing for our attention. Right. Dana, until you burst on the scene with your bras and tampons, who knew? Nobody. (laughs) Yes. Exploded on. So, (laughs) but here's the thing too. Well, I, I understand. And I know how, why women would right away catch on and be like, Oh, you know, because we can all relate to, needing those things, right? Right. How is it that you're managing? I mean, your husband is on board with this and your family, right? So how how are you managing to get male support for this as well? You know, like yeah. why are they so understanding? Um not all are, but the most are, right? Most men yeah. may not the concept of periods and menstruation is not one that most men talk about. Right. It's not one I'm guessing that American snippets usually covers. Um, no, I have four boys, right? So, yeah, too. right, yeah, right. So yeah. it's, however, what I tell men and what I tell boys, because I, I regularly am speaking out there to middle school and high school crowds, college crowds, and adults of kind of all walks of life, is for all of the women in the audience whether they're, you know, girls, I said, you either will have, do have, or have had a period. Right. And for everyone else who's shaking their head saying, no, you came from someone with a period. Yeah. Okay. Right. Like done. So now everybody has somehow been connected or you're in a relationship with someone with a period, or you may have, you know, you may have children who have periods. Like it's, even though you personally don't have one, right. You're not having to look through your purse and say, oh my God, how do I not have a tampon right now when I need yeah. one? Or didn't I shove one in the glove compartment and it's not there mm-hmm. and I guess I gave it away. You may not have had that experience then as a man if I'm talking to a guy. But that doesn't mean or preclude you from not needing to learn about this, yeah. which is, you know affects half the population. Yeah, that's great. So what were you doing? You had that career at the time. Are you, a, what what was that career at the time? And B, do you still are you still doing that? I am. Oh my goodness! All right. So I am. What is your, you know, your my, day job, so to speak? Day job. Yeah. Um, One of your days. So, um, I um, I work in the field of accessibility, technology, and disability, and where they all intersect. So, 
how somebody with a disability is able to use technology when it's made accessible. And the name of the company is Accessibility Partners. And we work with U.S. government agencies, state agencies, and large corporations to help them make their websites, mobile apps, software applications, PDFs, usable for people who might be blind or low vision or deaf or have a mobility disability. Wow. So I'm going to call you back when this all settles down because I want to talk about that. That's also super important and actually very impactful in people's lives. Another thing that I don't, I just take for granted, right? Pulling this up and opening this up and not being, you know, I get annoyed if the connection's slow, but Right. You know, so, so what? Yeah. What if you couldn't see? Yeah. The, the user interface that's in front of you, right? How do you make that accessible through audio outputs, through other channels? And so that's what we do. And eighty-five percent of my workforce are people with disabilities themselves. So it's a very much we practice what we preach. Wow, that is fascinating. I'm like totally putting that on my calendar. I'm going to let this hubbub <laughs> simmer down for you a little bit at some point to manageable, and then I'm going to find you again because that's a really important area to get into. But so now you do this, you get up in the morning, you get your kids up, dressed outdoor, you're driving around, you're going to work, then you come home. I did obviously find your story through micro. And so I got to see the video of what your home is like. And your. I mean, so this, you get home from work, like how many of us get home from work? We have to get kids to sports, we have to do this, we have to do that, we have to pay our bills. But it's like your next day begins. Right. When you so I, I do work from home yeah. during the day. Good. So which yeah. gives me a lot more kind of flexibility. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my kids are out the door by six fifty seven AM and my day starts and that first hour I'm usually just doing my very best to catch up on any kind of emails yeah. that have come in or urgent messages. And then I'm working my regular accessibility partner's job, which I adore, um, and I wouldn't have it any other way, right? It's my company. We're coming up on our 10-year anniversary. And I'm Congratulations. So Thank you. You're Thanks. all sorts of milestones. Man, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of this one. This is, this is 10 years, right? For, for any, anyone who has ever created a startup, yeah. you know, your first milestone being like actually doing it, right? right. Because that, that takes a lot of gumption and resources and willingness to kind of just like step off that edge and fall, right? Yes. So once you're through that, you're looking at that one year milestone. And then once you've gotten that one year, you're looking at maybe the three or the five year. And then it just things are moving along and you're growing and expanding and, and doing whatever it is. And then it becomes 10 years. And I'm like, oh, my God, 10 years. It's later. It's a fun. thing now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're so, officially in a relationship with your with your company. With my company. We're, yeah. we're totally it's our tin anniversary. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'll get us a cookie tin. I don't know. <laughs> Wow. So that is, that is a lot. And do you think maybe your experience and knowledge with that startup? Yeah. You know what I'm going to ask is what <laughs> allowed you to transfer that knowledge to the nonprofit? Yes, I do. Um, yeah. I think, and I, I had a small, it's still active. I don't really talk about it much, but I have another small company that's a much smaller business. Um, and so all three are concurrently happening and still successful, uh, just in various iterations. So one is 14 years old, one is 10 years old, and then um, Support the Girls is three and a half years old. And so I think being a social entrepreneur is never anything, you know, when teachers ask me as a child, like, what do you want to do? Uh, no, I never said, oh, I'd like to be a social entrepreneur. Like that right. was like, <laughs> what came out of like little Dana's mouth. Um, <laughs> but I love it. I I think yeah. I like seeing when there's a need in society, mm-hmm. whatever that might, need might be, and you can come up with a solution and it doesn't have to be this long-term forever solution, but it has to be for the here and now. And it has to be a good enough solution that's sustainable. Yeah. Um, hopefully sustainable and replicable, then 
that's good enough for me if we're solving problems that way to kind of have a better impact on society and on communities. And so, yeah, I, I've learned from my mistakes what not to do again. And the very first thing I did with Support the Girls when I realized that there's this, I mean, my inbox after the first news article um, came out, I couldn't use my phone and because it was just constantly messages were downloading wow. in every platform. So I was getting tweets. I was getting DMs through Twitter. I was getting DMs through Facebook. I was getting Facebook messages. I was getting emails. I was getting phone calls. And I thought that was viral. It wasn't, but that was cute. Um, but it was still that crazy. <laughs> is that, um, are you talking about after the Mike Rowe story came out or is this a no, different time? No, no, no. This is the Washington Post of 2015. Oh, okay. See, yeah, I is, missed that. So I don't know. I had my head in a different space at them. Okay. Yeah. yeah, this is the Washington Post article that first came out in 2015 after I gave um, collectively with a group of friends. I had kept collecting after that experience in the Soma dressing room, learning that homeless women needed bras. I started collecting Yeah. just here in my house. And I was doing local, what I call porch pickups, where I'm going around, you know, to mostly moms in the community who said, oh, I have some bras I'd like to donate. And, you know, sure, I can throw in a package of pads or a package of tampons. And I sent everybody a very structured email uh, as if I was like a thing, right? Like as if this was real. I was like, here's how this is going to work. Please leave your donation. Please double bag your donation. Please print out the label I'm attaching to this email that says for support the girls, because by then I had named the project. Um, You know, if you're here's here's what we want. Here's the do's, don'ts, frequently asked questions all in the email. Um, Please leave it out all day. Know that even if you get back from work and it hasn't been picked up yet, know that I have you on the list. Um, and I might be doing it after work hours if I didn't get to it on my lunch break kind of thing and started using some like software applications that I could plug in 30 addresses and it would plot out the fastest route for me rather than me trying to like look at a map and assess it and traffic. And, um, and then I had volunteers doing that also. So it wasn't just me doing these little porch pickups. Um, and the story came out then after, the initial donation, which was over a thousand bras and over 7,100 menstrual hygiene products. Wow. Um, And that was the post story. And so then my phone blew up and I realized I needed, yeah, it was something. And, and I, it was something much bigger than my little project. And when you sit on that press, that, that, that precipice of, okay, there's there's a an older there's an older kind of biblical concept of I'm not obligated to complete the work, but neither can I desist from it. Right. And I said, okay, well, this is me not desisting. I don't have to have all the answers. Yeah. And I still don't have to have all the answers, but I have to be doing the best I can with the knowledge I know here and now. And so I basically put the thousands of messages on hold and said, let me have two weeks to figure this out. Just sit tight. I heard you. I will be getting back to you. And I was able to really, we put out a website with FAQs and some helpful resources. um, Because really what I noticed were the emails and messages and DMs were really able to be bucketed into about a dozen inquiries. And they were all very similar. And this was a really major national issue. This wasn't a, this wasn't, at first I thought this was a DC thing, right? Cause so I live in Washington right. DC area. Right. Um, and I didn't know if this was a U.S. thing. I didn't know, was this big cities only? Was this a metropolitan thing? Was this yeah. a suburban thing? Was this a rural, like what was, how did, what was the impact? What was the need? And so at the beginning I wound up running some pilot studies. And when I say that, usually people start tuning me out. no. I'm because like, I'm, I'm dying to know how right. you do a study on this. Well, yeah. I, I'm I'm very nerdy, right? Yeah. So I'm very, very much nerdy. And I don't want to get into something if it's not needed. Yeah. Right. Like that. I, I don't have time for that. Any right? business nonprofit, if it's not meeting a need, you're just wasting time and right. effort. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so when we were receiving like just hundreds and hundreds of messages and so many women around the country in the U.S. were saying, I want to do this in my community. Yeah. Tell me what I need to do. What what do I have to do? So at night I wrote a guidebook. Um really basic, nothing fancy, but 
the tips, the guidelines, resources, and things to avoid. And of all of the people that reached out to me at the, the end of 2015 and early 2016, a few stuck out. And I started then having them run these pilot programs in their communities where I could support them. And these were the initial kind of pilot cool. sites. Yeah. yeah. You're listening to the American Snippets podcast. Hey everyone, real quick, and we'll get right back to the interview with Dana Marlowe. But, but Barb and I want to share some things that are happening here at American Snippets. One, uh, we are working very hard on putting together our first ever event called the Great American Summit. This will be in April 2020. Uh, we already have a soft commitment from Gary Sinise, so you're not going to want to miss that. Two, we are launching the Great American Mastermind Experience. And finally, what we really wanted to talk to you about and share with you is the Inner Circle community. This is something that we're going to be launching in the next 30 to 45 days. Uh, this community, you'll be able to learn how to define, build, and live your own American dream from those who are actually living it. So people that we've had on the show, you'll be learning from them. You'll be learning from Barb and I. And whether you are looking to start your entrepreneurial journey, you want to grow an audience, you want to become an influencer, maybe you want to write a book or start a nonprofit, whatever it is, you'll be in the right place. Our weekly and monthly training will help you find clarity so you can live with purpose and achieve the success you deserve. So if you're interested in all of this, you want to stay up to date on all these things, all you have to do is head on over to americansnippets.com forward slash inner circle. Again, that's americansnippets.com forward slash inner circle. Thanks for listening in. Cool. So now you've grown. You have like... 50 affiliates. Yeah. And that's like word of mouth people. This isn't you reaching out and saying, Hey, I need help. This nope. is you saying, Oh my God, somebody else got in touch with me. wants to start. All right. Now I'm going to block out my time to talk this person into setting up and getting them. Support. Right. Like, so we have amazing. Yeah. It, it's, it's yeah. I, sometimes it's hard to see the forest through the trees. Yeah. And this is a case of that. It's it's really amazing. The the women who are empowered locally to take this on and really bring this local need to their communities around the country to empower women in need with dignity is wild. But we do wait for folks to come to us rather than us reaching out. So we definitely there's a lot of cities we don't have because nobody's reached out to do it in those cities. Right. And you're um, doing all you can. It, with, where, with where the you're request. doing yeah exactly um yeah. we have an amazing our national director of affiliate outreach her name is rachel hager and so she's the one that supports and vets and interviews all of these interested potential affiliates provides them with the guidelines and setting things up in their community and supports them as they go through that process um so we we do have some infrastructure in place yeah and this isn't by the way just in this country this is international it's international so we have like our first international affiliate is i support the girls australia um and they just celebrated three years and what they have done is amazing it's under the leadership um of jane holmes and she and her team are sensational what they have brought to their communities in australia is it's just, un it's unreal what they've done. Um, and I mean, I was watching her on a video this morning. They have a huge warehouse. I mean, it's, we don't have anything that big. Um, their warehouse is massive and they just had a company sponsor them to put up really gorgeous shelving units and storage organizers and um, large movable industrial tables. Uh, it's just, it's, I'm so proud of them. They've done a lot of work. And then we have like Sarah, who's the affiliate director in Pakistan, and she has done so much work over there. And we have, I support the girls in the Philippines and in Canada, um, and in Thailand. And yeah, it's, it's a thing. Wow. So what is that like to, if, when you stop and think about it, I mean, what an example this sets, you set, of how one person actually can affect an enormous movement that just impacts thousands of other people. 
Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think of it that way. I, it was never, it was just a moment. I wasn't planning on having a movement. Exactly. So, um, and so a lot of times I'm so focused on what's next. Like, what do I have to do? What do I have to do next? That it's really hard to like get up there and have that big picture, you know, 30,000 foot view. Um, I struggle with that. That's kind of, I'm somebody who also has imposter syndrome. So there's a lot of times where I have a seat at the table and I'm like, what am I doing at this table? I don't belong at this table. Um, (laughs) and so even though, yes, I should, and I know what I've done and I, and I understand where I've come, but, but so much of what I've done is actually not me. And I think this is the really important thing is it's a collective group of really smart, dedicated, impassioned people who get it and are willing to bring their subject matter expertise, their ideas, their feedback to make this better. And it's not just me. It's not, it's not, it's not me in my bubble in my basement. It's a really tremendous, highly successful group of awesome individuals that I'm very lucky to call friends and colleagues that make this magic happen. Yeah, that is great. And I, I appreciate you saying that. Um, it does circle back to they're all doing it, but you're the catalyst, you know, you are what started it. So, I mean, when you think about how many times we all go through our days and something comes to our attention, we see something, we see somebody collecting outside the grocery store, we see people on the street, we pass them all the time. You know, we see please on our Facebook page for this cause or that cause or that cause or that cause. And it doesn't, I think it doesn't make anyone a terrible person or an uncaring person. There is simply no way that one person can respond to every single cause or event right. or thing. or But what happened to you and what I like to point out and mention is that when you feel, a lot of people come to me and say like, how do I find my purpose? How do I find the passion? I have this job, but I want to do more in my life. How do I know? You're a great example of when I say to people, if you just live your life fully and intensely and you are ready to follow that, like that purpose came and found you, right? And that found you right. and, and grabbed you. But you could right. have said no. You could have said, I'm going to drop oh. off these 16 bras and that's going to be the end of it. Right? right? So what was it that led you to actually decide to respond to those messages and to that? Instead of just saying, hey, thanks, people. I just dropped myself off. Here's the information. You guys go drop it off yourselves. Right. Like right. there's a there's a difference. There is. It could have been a one and done. Yeah. Right. And I could have just washed my hands clean and said, "Okay, I was happy to do this. I was happy to to help out for a few months. And and now Um, I guess when you see a need. And you see that you're also providing a solution to that need. I mean, that's where I, I don't have to complete the work, right? I don't have to finish. I don't have to solve all of homelessness and food insecurity and poverty issues of which there are many. And there's also though a lot of very smart, talented folks dedicated to different areas there. That's not, I don't have that background or expertise to do that. But when you see a need and you have a solution, I I don't know. I, I just, I don't think it was something I could walk away from. Um, and being in in and of an entrepreneurial mindset has me regularly tapped into uh, okay what can i do how can i how can we solve these problems like i'm i'm always working on other things i always have my hands in in multiple pots and i always have yeah. um i like being busy i thrive on that and i like learning And this was an opportunity to buckle down and say, okay, here's this little project, right? Mm Because I felt like, you know, and and as long as we're recording, because this is a lot more fun to do on video that, right? (laughs) So at first, like Dana's bra project wasn't very sexy. And and there were so many people donating and helping. And I was like, we need something else catchier. And I like the double entendre of, right, of, you know, support the girls, (laughs) right? See, that's why video is fun. Um, (laughs) And I think that I really recognized on a few different fronts that 
so many organizations also wanted to become involved. Churches, synagogues, schools, colleges, coffee shops, yoga studios, gyms, businesses, individuals, that there were a lot of people who wanted to give and they just, they needed the infrastructure, that platform to be able to do so. But I was also receiving all of these emails from groups of uh, nonprofits, homeless shelters. Um, We do a lot of work, you know, with with veterans um, who are, you know, women in need, because unfortunately, right, with the rising segment of women's homelessness, there are also um, a lot of veterans. And for people who have, you know, given and sacrificed for our country, you know, they certainly should not have to be worrying about, you know, managing their menstrual hygiene, you know, management or, or wanting a bra for dignity. And, um, and there's lots of other organizations and charities that said, we need these products. And I'm like, well, I'm just a suburban mom in my basement. Like, I'm not sure this is the right strategy. So what else can we do to amplify this need and also all of these people who want to give? And I wasn't willing to walk away from that. Awesome. So now you're running everything. Your, you know, your chapter, your section is run out of your house. You have thousands or of bras and menstrual products right coming in all the time what would be something that you you know to to sustain this over five years or to grow it or wherever it's going to go what is something that you need to either keep this going maybe with less right. you know, hassle or stress you know to make it easier smooth uh, flow smoother or, right. or to grow um well, we're, I'm not a fund, I'm not like a professional fundraiser. There are people out there and that's what they do in their, in their careers. And so that's not my area of specialty and I don't have anybody out there doing that. Right. So having to raise money for a nonprofit, right. To build out the infrastructure so that we can have a really great team who's bringing these programs. Cause we do a lot of different programs as well when it comes to, disaster relief or helping women in need with who are undergoing breast cancer and mastectomies, or I mentioned the veterans or like there's, there's a whole list of programs that we do. And so we just, we also need money. Like, like the products are great. Um, but we also like, which is like every nonprofit, right? We need the money. Um, and I really need a warehouse. Like that's not just a garage for lack of a better term, like with a light bulb, like someplace (laughs) that, that not only has storage, but that like has heating and, or air conditioning and that, or some kind of where people can actually be helping us do packing parties or sorting. I mean, we regularly have requests from, from volunteer groups who are like, Oh, we want to bring our group to volunteer, but we don't have a space. Right. Right. And you need to have those basic kind of things like a restroom and yeah, heating air kind of like the really basics. I, I, I didn't say I'm looking for some mega warehouse. I'm yeah. just, I'm looking so that when we have volunteer groups, I don't have to bring them to my house. Um, cause it is my house. Yeah. And, um, yeah. so that would be, that's like on our wish list is to have like a really big warehouse. We partner with, um, in DC, it could be anywhere at this point, but okay. yeah, sure. And, and I mean, if, if I had my druther, sure. I yeah. mean, my Maryland outside of DC would be ideal, okay. um, so that I could be there, but right. I don't have that kind of wish list. but <laughs> we do have these like storage units, um, you know, like you see on like public storage mm-hmm. units, which is basically like a garage, right? right. I mean, for lack of a better term. And so we have two in Indiana, two in Dallas area in Texas, one in South Florida, a really huge one in Australia. Uh, We had one in Thailand. We have one in um, Edwardsville, Illinois area. Um, So we have like those like storagey kind of units. Yeah. But like, and and we keep inventory control as far as what's coming in, what's going out. And it's it's literally constant. I mean, I think in the last month alone, I think we donated 150,000 products oh in the U.S. Gosh. 
Yeah. How do you even keep inventory of all that? Oh, we like, do. We have, I mean, we have forms that wow. all the affiliates have to, you know, everybody updates and, um, but we partner with some amazing companies who also donate product by the truckload, like okay. the tractor trailer truckload. Wow. Um, and so we're constantly making sure that we're keeping up and recognizing what product goes where and where the need is, right? Because we have we have a waiting list for nonprofits and charities and like faith-based organizations that want the product. Wow. But we also don't have tons of money for shipping. Right. Or the person, we don't even have the person, like we have to pay the person who can actually ship the product. You know, like like you have to back it up a lot. Yeah. Um, All so, those steps that you don't think of. You're in DC, right. how do you get stuff to someone in New Jersey if there's no... Right, well, they're collecting it. And a yeah. real life example is there was an unfortunate tornado in Alabama yeah. and already had a call this morning on how are we sending products? We don't have an affiliate in that area. We have somebody going to about an hour and a half away from where the tornadic activity hit. But there's a need for menstrual hygiene products from all of the evacuees. And we do a lot uh. with disaster relief. Um, and so we have to figure out how many they need, what's the most urgent need, because culturally in different parts of the country, uh, women prefer different products for mm -hmm. feminine hygiene. And we want to make sure we're sensitive to what those needs are. Um, oh my gosh. So that's another thing. So you see on the weather channel or the news that a tornado or a flood or a hurricane comes by, you see people rebuilding houses, going yep. down the streets, putting fires out. But what isn't shown is Dana Marlowe showing up with a, <laughs> or her organization yeah. showing up with a tractor trailer full of bras and menstrual products. Right, uh, right. And we've helped, it's, and I don't need to be shown, quite honestly, this is nothing that people need to see. It. But um, I mean, and for all of the viewers out there, because um, <laughs> I, I, was, I was a step above pajamas just before this started. And you which, still looked fine, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, but that's the reality of, of this, um, yes. is that I'm constantly like, I have PJs on under this, by the way. Oh, dude, Barb, <laughs> I'm going to totally raise you and people, these are my sweatpants. We're going to see how brave Barb is. Oh yeah. yeah. I got these. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh slippers. People in American snippets. Did you see how uh, this is, this is how the sausage gets made people. My fiance, um, my partner is looking at me now like you did not just do that. But oh, yes, yeah. I did. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're keeping it real. Keeping it real. What America wants to see. <laughs> um, but so we, we do a lot with disaster relief yeah. during like hurricanes Harvey and Irma, which impacted really heavily parts of Texas and Florida uh, and Puerto Rico. We donated 350,000 maxi pads, tampons, new underwear and bras. Oh my gosh. Um, so we're talking about large volume and we need yeah. a place to store that. We need a place to help with shipping. Like I'm constantly running to my local office store to try and get the biggest discount when they have their boxes, their, their large boxes. Wow. On. Yeah, there's like stuff like that. I mean, I, I would love to have boxes for affiliates around the country because people always are asking, hey, can you send us your collection bin? You know, and, and I'm sure people can think of like in December there's a lot of toys for tots programs yeah. and they have like a logo on the front, what they're collecting, how they need it. And I'm like, Ugh, I would love to have some like corrugated paper, cardboard company logo. People be like, yeah. Oh, we'll hook you up with that. Um, but we don't have that. So we tell people here's our guidelines and what you can do and how do you make your own. And it, you know, it's kind of crafty that way, but um, yeah, it's, it's real. I mean, yeah. like, like I said, Alabama tornado, like we're trying to figure out what the needs are. And, and we think there's also needs for we do a lot of school age work for preteen girls, teenage girls who need training bras, smaller sized underwear yeah. um, and different feminine hygiene products for that age group as well. So we, crazy. I love, love, love that you do that. I feel like I, I don't know. It's so interesting to me. It's just such a niche thing that we haven't thought about. I um, am grateful to you for doing that and for taking the time to be with us today. I want to ask you on a note, it's a little unrelated to what we do, but what we talk about at American Snippets, why we started this is, you know, I am a military family, right? I, um, and we work with a lot of military families, but 
we really just got tired of hearing people complain about the country and not offer any solutions. We got tired of people bashing our country and oh. of only the worst people <laughs> being represented in news and media, right? I'm just pretending that's not happening now. So, <laughs> so we... Uh, <laughs> Oh, you guys got to watch the video, by the way, to know what we're talking about. But That's at any right. rate, so we decided to reverse that and show the best people in America, the kind That's of spirit right. that America is being shown. And to remind people the American dream is available to everybody, no matter what the solutions. But what we talk about with that as well, hand in hand, is not only can we achieve that, but we have a responsibility to help other people do the same. And that is where you are filling both sides of that. So if I asked you, though, to ex to tell us, like, what does the American dream mean to you? I think it's there's so much of the American dream. That and I grew up here um, that is in folded in giving back. I think there really is a huge spirit of putting yourself out there to help another person in your neighborhood, on your street, in your community that doesn't get talked a lot, that, that doesn't get shared about a lot. And I think that's a lot of that feeling of wanting to make the world a better place that we, we live with and we've grown up with here in, in the U.S. of that American feeling of giving back and doing good to help your fellow neighbor, um, whatever that might look like. And so that's all this is, right? This is not anything super fancy from a technical perspective. It's just part of what drives us like on all issues um, is just trying to help out our, you know, our fellow American, our, our fellow neighbor and community member. And sometimes our community members are in need. Yeah. And that's, that's what that, that means to me. Love it. Thank you. So if I could pick up my phone now and call one person in this entire world who is still alive and you've never met, and send them over to your house today or her over to your house today to hang out with you for the rest of the day. Who would that be? Anyone ever that you've never met would love to. Still I'm going to take, I'm sure still alive. I, I got that. No, it's really hard. That whole bring people back from the dead thing gets a little bit. A lot of people say like Abraham Lincoln. I'm like, oh, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, right, give me, give me two seconds. Yeah, you got um, it. Or three or, met, or more. Right? You've met you're so like, many people. <laughs> you're like, no, 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 no. I think there's so many people I wanna just I pick one. Any of them. Um, but so many of them are also so cliche. So I'm trying to think of somebody and cliche is fine. Um no, 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 no. I, I don't I'm not I'm not a cliche person. I don't do cliche. <laughs> don't how, do how about cliche. That? I don't do cliche. Okay. Right. But dead but dead air is also not good for podcast life. <laughs> <laughs> so um I would say I would probably want to meet, I'm trying to think, um, and for anybody listening to this, my brain is working like overtime <laughs> right now. Um, I didn't mean to stress you out with the questions. It's supposed I, to be fun. No, it is fun. <laughs> it is fun, but I want to give a good answer and I want to okay. have like a reason so that you can say, okay, why that person? And like, yeah, sure. I'd love to meet. Ellen DeGeneres and Oprah, but like, um, I think there's, I would really love to have a sit down conversation yeah. with some CEOs who are women who have worked really hard to get where they are. And they oversee like one of the fortune 500 corporations. Yeah. Um, because they've learned a lot and I would love to be able to pick their brain and hear, what's worked for them, what hasn't worked for them, what suggestions they might have for me um, in where I am in my life. 
cool. But I didn't give you a name. I didn't come That's up with okay. like a solid name. But I feel like I, I gave a, a pretty good concept of what would drive me to want to meet somebody. You did give a very good concept of what would drive you to meet someone. So like, thank you so, so much for taking the time. Tell um, everyone who's listening or watching, and you really should watch this one. This one is a treat. Is uh, <laughs> Tell everyone where to find out more about I Support the Girls and how to get involved. Sure. Um, so first and foremost, um, please feel free to check out online uh, our website at www.isupportthegirls.org, O-R-G. So that looks something like this, people. Hold on. There we go. Yeah. There she goes. Not that. She's crazy lady. Okay. Crazy. <laughs> um, for, the, for the visual folks. Um, and we're also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram for people who want to follow along on social and you can find different ways to get involved for some people. It's going to be, Oh, I have some bras that are shoved in the drawer and I'd like to donate them or yeah, I can go pick up a couple packages of feminine hygiene products um, and, and send them on. But for other people, maybe they want to volunteer for other people. Maybe they'd like to donate money or a warehouse. Or a warehouse, yes, if there's somebody out there who would like to like actually give us a warehouse where yes. we can receive packages. Um, we receive a lot of very generous packages, so and we keep track of yeah. what we receive. And we, we've been getting about now 300, there's 315 per week. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you on all of that. I look forward to following you. And there was a lot more we didn't even get to talk to because we just got uh, get to because we were just gabbing, which is cool. Yeah. So we'll follow up on that and we'll share information on the advocacy you do and the efforts you do more about the uh, disaster relief that you do because you're right. you're really doing such great things and we appreciate it. Great. Thanks, Barb. I appreciate that. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having me. All right, there you have it, everyone. Thank you for listening in today. Also, personally, I'd like to thank Dana Marlowe for being on the show and sharing her story. If you got some value out of this episode or any episode that we've done in the past, please let us know by subscribing and leaving us a review on iTunes or on your favorite podcast app. Uh, share this episode on Instagram. Facebook at American Sippets. Make sure you tag us. Uh, follow us on YouTube because we publish a lot of uh, stuff and content on YouTube that we don't publish on the audio program and vice versa. So check us out on YouTube at American Sippets. And don't forget, you can also check out the full featured article we did on Dana Marlowe and her story. Watch the video interview and we'll also include some social media links there. Uh, you can learn how to get involved and you can follow Dana on her journey. Um, you can do that at americansippets.com forward slash 089. Appreciate you being here today. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are. We'll see you next time. <laughs>